Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today, me and Rob are bringing you every week four start sit information that you need to know. This is on all the players you need to know about and all the games and all the information. We always say that every week. And hey, you probably noticed that Rob's not with me right now. We're trying something a little different this week uh, where Rob is going to record on his players. I'm going to record on mine separately. So you'll just see one of us at a time. It's a little bit different, but we'll see if you guys like the change. Uh, again, we just want to kind of continue to update what we're doing on this site. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description. And I believe Rob is going to kick us off with the first game which is an awesome Thursday night matchup versus the Eagles and the Packers. Let's start with the Packers versus the Eagles Thursday night game this week. Let's start with the Packers players Aaron Rodgers. He's attempting to assume that Aaron Rodgers has lost something. I know a lot of people are thinking this guy's maybe not the player was a few years ago. And the reason why a lot of owners are thinking that he's only averaging 14.2 fantasy points per game and so that's a little bit concerning for people that spend a higher pick on this guy. First of all you need to consider who he played. Played the Bears, Vikings, and Broncos. Those are three very good defenses. In fact, the Vikings and Bears are especially good defense there. In those games, he's actually been very efficient. Four touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and that's all he's needed to do to win those games. He hasn't been asked to do much more. That team is 3-0, so I think a lot of it's been game script, things like that. I think he's going to be just fine. His numbers are going to go up. His fantasy value is going to go up. In fact, I think this week is when you're going to begin to see that. Um, he's primed to do that versus an Eagles defense that's really hurting against the pass. Let's take a look at the Eagles defense versus Case Keenum, Stafford, and Matt Ryan. They've allowed 21.83 points per game to quarterbacks. That's eighth most against quarterbacks. Their best defensive effort, if you take a look at that, was against the Lions. Uh, they lost that game, and the Lions were up big in the fourth quarter. Not big, I guess. They're up by 10 points in the fourth quarter early, so they didn't need to throw the ball a bunch. Patricia likes to play conservatively, so the one game where they didn't allow a lot of points to quarterbacks was a game that they ended up losing. Uh, that secondary is not good right now for the Eagles. Uh, Rodgers is a must-start at this point. you got to play him. He's going to have a huge week there. Let's go running back. Start with Aaron Jones. Um, well, Aaron Jones, the injury report came out on Monday that he had a shoulder injury. Now, they didn't actually practice, but he was listed there. Uh, but then Tuesday, he was upgraded to full practice there, or full participant at practice. So I think he's going to be fine. He's going to play in this game. Question is, who do you trust and who do you play in this one? A um, couple things that I think are making it very difficult to really pin down usage in this one is you take a look at one, the quick turnaround. If you look at teams, a lot of times coaches, when they play Sunday and they turn around playing Thursday night, they will often limit their running backs and limit their carries. They don't want to see somebody get injured. So I think that's one concern that I have is that quick turnaround there. I think another thing that's concerning is the coach's comments. Coach comes out and says he wants to really even up touches between Williams and Jones. So who can, who's going to be that guy there? I think, unfortunately, they both downgrade each other's value. It's really confusing for me when I take a look at the coach's comments of why he would say that, I guess. Uh, he said this right after Jones went out and really exposed a really good Vikings defense. He had 116 rushing yards and a touchdown. And so uh, how are we to take this? Who's the lead guy? Who's going to be the guy there? It's hard to tell. Williams actually outplayed Jones last week, although I will say this. Jones had two touchdowns. He got the goal line carries. I think that bodes well for him. Who's going to ultimately be that back there? I think if we look back to previous years, look at some metrics, how they played, I think it's very clear that Jones is the better back. So I'm not really sure why the coach said that. The only thing I can assume is that's a coach that's thinking big picture. He's looking off the entirety of the year, wants to keep his guys fresh, um, doesn't want to risk injury, so he wants to even out those carries. In my opinion, I still believe that Aaron Jones is a better back. But regardless, if he's seen less carries, that brings on his fantasy value. Uh, Jamal Williams had a nice game last week, uh, splitting carries with Jones, but not getting the goal line carries. The fact he's not getting a majority of the touches at this point, the fact it's being split, for me, he's nothing more than a running back four. The only thing that would change his value at this point is if Aaron Jones were to get injured. If that were to happen, I think Williams could become a what I would call a running back two. Now this week he faces um, what I would say is a really good Eagles defense in terms of facing the run. They struggle against the pass, but they're very strong against the run. And so that's not good for either Jones or Williams at this point. Consider this. In three games, Eagles are only allowing 2.46 yards per carry to teams number one and number two running backs. Their second run defense only allowing 57 rushing yards per game. So the Eagles defense gets exposed passing the ball, but against the run, they're really stout there. So kind of here's how my analysis would go. Um, unless Jones sits, I wouldn't even consider playing Williams at this point. He's a running back four. If you have to play Jones, you could play him, but I would play him as a very low-end running back two. Uh, consider the fact that Jones is banged up. It's a Thursday night game, a quick turnaround against a very good run defense. If you have better options out there, I would try to go with a better running back than trying to lean on Jones in this one. Uh, if you have to play him, he'd be very low in running back two. Let's look at the wide receivers here. Okay, so the Packers wide receivers face Philadelphia, who's been torched by wide receivers this year. In three weeks, they've allowed four wide receivers to break over 100 yards receiving. Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Julio Jones. Devontae Adams is a stud wide receiver one. Um, this should be a big game for him. You need to start him, obviously, every week. It doesn't matter. 
But then let's look at Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Coming off a nice game, he had 99 yards and touchdown. This matchup starts as a wide receiver, too. Uh, this should be a great play for him. In fact, I would even go one further. It's tempting to start Geronimo Ellison. I think he's a guy that could maybe be considered as a wide receiver three in this one. Although I would say this, but since he's been inconsistent in his targets, I think it's best to really sit him. I would say that even though maybe you could play him if you're desperate, it's probably better to consider him a wide receiver four. As far as tight ends go, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, uh, Jimmy's Bainedell, Packers tight ends. We've said this through the years. Um, tight ends, when Aaron Rodgers and quarterback simply don't thrive there, I would look elsewhere. I wouldn't start either one of these tight ends. Uh, Mason Crosby had 11 points last week. Uh, he's not a great option, but he's a decent option. You can play him if you need to there. And the Packers defense, um, they really surprised a lot of people. They've surprised me, although they have faced Flacco, Trubinsky, and Cousins. So they haven't really been tested. In fact, I think this is the best quarterback they're going to face to this point. Carson Wentz will be the first one to really test that team there. Now, the Packers have averaged 13 fantasy points per game, and they found a nice pass rush there versus the Eagles allowing the 11th most points to defenses. Now, um, here's how I would take that. Um, I think the Packers are a decent play. I think if Deshaun Jackson and Jeffrey play, I would lower their value quite a bit there. If they don't play, they're up their value. Right now, we have the Packers defense fluctuating between the 10 to 12 range in our rankings. So Carson Wentz. Uh, after 22 points per game, that leaves him eighth in quarterback scoring versus a Packer defense that's absolutely smothering quarterbacks, allowing just 9.38 fantasy points per game. With that said, I mentioned it's a very low average quarterbacks. They did it versus Cousins, Flacco, Trubinsky. Uh, this is going to be the first real test for that defense, in my opinion. Looks like Deshaun Jackson is going to miss the game. Now, it looks like Jeffrey at this point is trending towards playing, and that changes, obviously. If Jeffrey plays, then I think you could trust Wentz as a low-end quarterback play. But if Jeffrey misses the game and they've got to go with Aguilar as the only real proven wide receiver there, then I would lean towards sitting Wentz. As far as running backs go, look at Miles Sanders. So they keep increasing his role. He looks poised for a breakout game. Each game, his total yards went from 27 to 37 to 126 last week. He looked really good. His yards per carry went from 2.3 to 2.8 to 4.1. Uh, now, the, passer, you know, the Packers' defense is very solid against the pass, but the last two weeks, that Packers' defense against the run, against Dalvin Cook, Philip Lindsay, and Royce Freeman, they've gotten gouged for 298 rushing yards and a 5.32 yards per carry. They allow the third most points to running backs. Uh, so they're a team that uh, you can run against them. And I think with the injuries that the Eagles have on offense there, I think they're going to run the ball often. So I think he's a guy that uh, he's being adjusted to the NFL. He's getting better. They're increasing his role. I like Miles Sanders in this game to see about 15 carries, four to five targets. I think he's worth a, worth a low-end running back to play in this one. As far as Jordan Howard goes, the edge per not there. He's not good in the passing game. Yeah, he did get a touchdown last week, but you can't really trust this guy. Even though he has a good matchup, I would sit him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson sounds like everything indicates that he's going to sit. I would go ahead and sit him, obviously. Uh, Nelson Aguilar um, did have some drops. But with Jackson Jeffrey out, he's been good. He's had lines of eight catches, 107 yards, and a TD. He had eight catches, 50 yards, two TDs. Um, now he's going against some tougher cornerbacks for the Packers. But he might still be a good volume play. He's seen 23 targets the last two games. You could start him as a low-end wide receiver three if Jeffrey and Jackson sits. Um, Jeffrey started week one. He was good. Now the thing with Jeffrey, he's got a lot of talent, but it always seems he can't stay healthy. But if he plays in this game, I'd watch the injury report. I think they're going to try to get him in the game. I don't think the Eagles want to fall to 1-3. and three. And if he plays, I would play him as a low-end wide receiver 3 instead of Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz not playing like he did last year, but still averaging 10 targets per game, 5.7 catches, 63 yards. You need to start him for sure. Uh, Jake Elliott's kind of blows career averages. Um, I would sit until that Eagles offense really picks it up. And I would uh, sit the Eagles defense. Um, they're struggling versus Aaron Rodgers, who just doesn't turn the ball over a lot. All right, guys, so the first game that I'm covering is the Titans versus the Falcons. And this is an interesting one. We got a good Titans defense and at least fantasy-wise, a good offense in Atlanta. So that's what I'd like to start with is the Falcons. We got Matt Ryan with eight touchdowns and at least eight, or excuse me, at least 300 passing yards in the first three games. He has played so well, but that is a tough matchup against Tennessee who gives up the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. In fact, they've given up... Uh, Five touchdowns in the last two weeks to Jacoby Brissett and um, Gardner Minshew. So this is an interesting situation when we look at things. And so we find out Matt Ryan's been a good fantasy quarterback uh, because that running game has struggled and that defense has struggled. He's thrown the ball out. I think you have to play Matt Ryan this week. So like I said, Tennessee's given up the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. But the last two weeks, they've given up five touchdowns. That's two and a half touchdowns a week. And it was to Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew. I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than both of them. Minshew is too, simply too young for us to tell. And Jacoby Brissett's a guy who wasn't even going to be a starter heading into this season. And so I think you should play Matt Ryan this week despite it being a tough matchup. 
Um, however, we go on to the running backs. Devonta Freeman, I think, is the guy you should sit. He's got 35 carries for 129 yards this season. That's 3.6 yards per carry. He's been playing bad, and Tennessee is one of the, in the top third as far as stopping running backs. They're very effective against backs and not giving up a lot of fancy points to them. So I definitely think that he's a guy that you should sit. Uh, and a guy that we've talked about a lot lately is Ido Smith. He's a guy that we like, that we consider him to be the future running back, eventually going to take over Devonta Freeman. However, he is questionable this week. Last week, he play, played just three snaps before getting hurt. We're going to give you an update on his injury in Friday's video. That's a really important thing for you guys to look out for as we cover everything last minute heading into the games. As far as the wide receivers go, you're going to play Julio Jones. He's got four touchdowns in three games. Two of those games, he went over 100 yards. That's a pretty obvious start. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Kevin really had a bad week last week, but the first two weeks he has 12 catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. And then last week he had just one target for uh, six uh, six yards off of one catch excuse me really struggling here so it was a really weird week I still think you have to play Calvin Ridley uh, except maybe as a high wide receiver three low wide receiver two with not quite the expectations that you had before Tennessee does give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers Austin Hooper's a guy you got to start he's got 19 catches in three weeks that's hard to argue with and you know I think I'm going to sit the Falcons defense and kicker Matt Bryant this week so let's move on to the Tennessee side now I think you should sit Marcus Mariota I'm not going to get into it that seems pretty obvious and I think that you should play Derrick Henry I didn't know this he's actually been very effective this year he has 60 fantasy points in the first three weeks he also has three touchdowns in the first three weeks this is a guy is a must play at this point I think you should sit Deion Lewis somebody asked about him Corey Davis um, I think you should sit him the Falcons give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers he for me is really a wide receiver four and probably a low wide receiver four at that Adam Humphreys had a big week last week with six catches off nine targets and 93 yards. However, in the previous two weeks, he combined for just four receiving yards in total. So Adam Humphreys is also a player to sit. There is one guy in that offense that does have some value in the passing game. That's got to be Delaney Walker. Um, he is an average fantasy tight end in an average matchup. He's not a great start, but I think most of you guys who own him are probably going to have to play him. I think you should sit kicker Cairo Santos, and I think you got to start the Titans defense. They have eight sacks, five turnovers, and a touchdown so far this season, and Atlanta gives up the eighth most fantasy points to defenses. So that's my uh, quick wrap-up of the Titans versus the Falcons this week and really everything major you need to know. But I'm going to pass it back to Rob now to handle his next game. Let's take a look at the Bills versus the Patriots. Start with Tom Brady there. Uh, this guy a few weeks ago looked like he was going to be a stud top five quarterback every week. He had the likes, of course, Gordon, Antonio Brown, Edelman, Dorsett, White, many others. But now Edelman's got a chest injury. Antonio Brown is gone. Kind of lowers his value a little bit. Now this week he faces a very good underrated Bills defense, allowing these six fewest points to quarterbacks. Now that defense, just like the Packers defense we talked about, they've been great against the pass, but they've done it against some below average quarterbacks. For example, they did it against Dalton, Manning, and Darnold. Not guys that are going to scare you too much there. With that said, he's a Hall of Famer, and he's a guy that you definitely need to consider playing. Now, last year against the Bills, he struggled. In a total of two games, he only had one touchdown pass to two interceptions. But it's Tom Brady. The offense is too good. So I think you need to start Tom Brady in this matchup there, but maybe lower your expectations. Maybe a game of something like 275 passing yard, two touchdowns, maybe a pick. Uh, a solid game, but not a great game is what you could expect from Tom Brady. Let's look at the running back. Start with Rex Burkhead. Uh, he's been really good lately. A lot of people wanted you to pick this guy up. I think primarily he's been good because they've been in blowouts and they relied on him trying to save some other players. Also, James White was gone. He missed the game because his wife was having a baby there. There's just simply too many weapons there in my estimation. Trucks, you know, trust a guy like Rex Burkhead. So I would say he's a running back four. I would say to him the only way that I would play him is if there's an injury to let's say Sony Michelle or James White at this point. As far as James White, he's back now after missing last week. Um, Antonio Brown is gone. I mentioned him because, one, James White gobbles a lot of targets, not just more targets out there for him. Um, I think he's a guy that uh, is going to have an increased role later in this game because I think they're going to stay in this game a little bit longer. Bills are going to play a little more competitive than the other games have been in. I think it means James White's going to see more targets and have a big game. you got to start this guy. He's a PPR king. Um, I, I would start him as a high-end running back to in PPR leagues and a low-end running back to in standards. As far as Sonny Michel goes, um, he's not very active in the passing game. He's really struggled this year running the ball. His yards per carry is 2.4. I would sit in PPR leagues. Um, now, he does have two touchdowns in three games, getting on some standard value. He benefits from playing in a great offense, obviously. So here's what I would do. If you're in teams, 14 teams or less, I would probably sit him at this point until things turn around. He runs the ball more effectively. But if you're in larger standard leagues over uh, 16 teams, then you could play this guy. Once again, I think it's preferred to sit him to wait and see what's going to happen there. 
Uh, let's look at Josh Gordon. So with Antonio Brown not in the lineup, he's averaged 78 receiving yards per game. Those are not great numbers, but once again, there are a lot of blowouts there. Maybe in this game, he's going to see more targets, more playing time. The downside is going to face cornerback White, which is very good. He's got too much talent to sit, though, and the quarterback is too good. So I think you need to play Gordon, um, but really the highest I could put him at this point would be, uh, I would call, wide receiver three. As far as Philip Dorsett goes, we talked about him in our waiver wire video. I really love his potential in this offense, but against the builds, he's downgraded to a wide receiver four. I would sit him. There's Julian Edelman. I'll watch the injury report, see what's going to happen. Came back negative. I think that's good, obviously. Um, but he could still miss time due to the injury. We think at this point he's going to play. Now, if he does play, if you look at last year versus the Bills, he had huge games. Brady used him often, kind of his safety valve guy that he trusts all the slot with a lot of short throws there as they're bringing pressure on him. So I think if he plays, I would start him as a wide receiver two in PPRs and standards. I would say he's a wide receiver four. I lean towards maybe sitting him. I would sit all Patriots tight ends. Goskowski's missed three extra points. Uh, that's concerning, but plays in a great offense. And with that improved Bills defense there, that could equate to more field goals. I would play him in this one. And you got to start the Patriots defense. Going back to last season, um, last 13 games are allowing like under 10 points per game. In fact, this year, they've been outscoring points 106 to 17. Of the 17 points they've allowed, 14 of those wasn't even against the defense, it was against the offense. You got to apply them. You got to play them in this matchup here. As far as the Bills goes, look at Josh Allen. So the Patriots are allowing the least amount of points to quarterbacks at this point. That's concerning for Josh Allen, right? That defense has played really well. The positive side of that matchup is that Josh Allen's probably going to have to score points okay, to keep them up, to keep them uh, kept, caught up there with the Patriots. And so I think that this is one of these games where he might not play very effectively, might be very efficient, might throw a couple of picks, but he's going to have to throw the ball a lot uh, just to keep up with that. With that said, he's still outside the top 15 quarterback rankings at this point. I think it's best to sit him only in a pinch if you play him or if you're in two quarterback leagues. Uh, Frank Gore. Now, I know that Christian got a, a, a got really a lot of people gave him a hard time last week because he was talking about seeing Frank Gore. Uh, but as we look at this week and we talk about Frank Gore, it's important to put aside your, your past experiences, your feelings. Let's just look at the numbers this week. Last week he went out, and the guy, I don't know, he's 36 years old, but he looks great. Had a good week, 14 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. But that was against a bad Cincinnati defense. The week before that he did well, but that was against a bad Giants defense. Now, okay, I'm assuming in this game that they're going to fall behind and have to play catch-up. I think it's going to be very hard to get Frank Gore double-digit carries in this one. And now they're playing New England, who allows the second-fewest points to running backs. And they're number one in run defense in terms of yards. They're only allowing 36 rushing yards per game. So I think you need to sit Frank Gore in this one. Now, I do think that TJ Yeldon or Devin Singletary could have some value because I think this team is going to have to play from behind. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So Devin Singletary, start with him. Um, if he starts, okay, we'll have to watch and see how his injury is this week. But if he starts, uh, I would start him as a running back three or flex playing PPRs and sit Yeldon, right, if Devin plays. Now, I'm going to go on a limb here. A lot of you can disagree with this one, but I'm going to say this. If Devin sits, I would still sit Frank Gore. But Yeldon, who in his career has been very effective in passing games, averaging 3.5 catches per game, um, and that was playing for the Jags, he could be used um, as that team plays catch-up and has to throw the ball a lot. Yeldon could be started in large PPR leagues as a flex play. As far as wide receiver go, John Brown, uh, he's been a real nice surprise start this year. He had seven catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Now, each week, his targets, catches, and yards have gone down. And this week, he faces shutdown corner Stephon Gilmore. So uh, I would sit him. He's a wide receiver for Sit John Brown this week. Uh, there's Cole Beasley. I'd actually think Cole Beasley is going to have more value than John Brown. Now, he's played well enough to have value in PPR leagues. He's a guy that's not going to see the end zone off. And he's not going to get a lot of yards there. But he could gobble up targets. Now, I see Allen having to check the ball down a lot as the Patriots bring pressure. And so I think he's a guy that you could play as a wide receiver three or flex play in leagues over 12 teams. Don't be surprised if Cole Beasley gets 12 to 14 targets in this game. He has averaged 7.6 targets up to this point. As far as tight ends go, you got Knox and others. I know Knox looked good last week, but it's only one week. He's going against the Patriots. You need to sit those guys there. As far as kicker go, I would sit their kicker, and I would sit the Bills defense in this one. All right, guys, so I've got the Browns versus the Ravens, and let's start off with that Ravens side in Lamar Jackson. Uh, he has made drastic improvements this year. Lamar Jackson has been phenomenal. I don't think you should play him this week, though, and there's a few reasons why. For starters, the Cleveland Browns have given up the 11th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, so that right there already makes it not a super great matchup. And something I found when I was doing research for the Kansas City game is that Kansas City gives up the 14th most fantasy points to QBs, and yet Lamar Jackson failed to even throw a 
touchdown in the last game, didn't throw for 300 yards, and he did that on a whopping 43 passing attempts. So that was a good matchup with a lot of passing attempts, and the numbers weren't quite, quite there. In fact, when you look at Lamar Jackson's first three games against Miami, against Arizona, against Kansas City, those are three bad defenses. And so, you know what? Honestly, I think that Cleveland's defense is probably one of the best, or if not, it's probably the best defense that he has faced this year so far. So I think this is a week where I'd probably tend to avoid Lamar Jackson if you can. Uh, Mark Ingram, you got to start this guy. He's got five touchdowns, uh, five rushing touchdowns in three games. That right there is, boom, that's great. Uh, I think you have to play him for sure. Uh, we move on now to the wide receivers. Marquez Brown, he comes out, he's an amazing week one. He hasn't been bad, but he's certainly slowed down his production since then. Uh, also, the Browns give up the ninth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. If you're going to play him, he comes in as a wide receiver three or a flex play, but he's one of those players who, depending on your situation, you can play. I'd be looking at other options. I think that you could possibly find some better guys out there, so that's what I would do if I were you. Mark Andrews is a must start. He's got 19 catches and two touchdowns. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he struggled a little bit last week, but don't overthink it. Mark Andrews is a must start. And you know what? Let's like save some time. Justin Tucker's got to be one of the best kickers in the league, if not the best. And that Ravens defense is great against a Browns offense that has been had a less than phenomenal start. So I say you start both Tucker and the Ravens defense. And that right there was pretty quick. So let's move on to the Browns. Baker Mayfield. Um, in the first three weeks, he is a three touchdowns to five interceptions. That is not great. He has not played phenomenal, and he is in a tough matchup against the Ravens. So I'm going to try to avoid playing Baker Mayfield if I can this week. I would suggest you guys do the same. Um, Nick Chubb at 58 carries, 233 yards, and a touchdown. He's been good on the ground, even though the offense has struggled in Last week, he did something that impressed me. He had seven targets, four catches, 35 receiving yards against the Rams. It was nice to see this guy become a little more versatile. You're going to play Nick Chubb this week for sure. Even though it's a tough matchup, I doubt you've got a better running back than Chubb to put in there and start. Of course, you're going to play Odell Beckham. He looks great. In fact, unusually, the Ravens give up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I'm not sure why that is, but that is the case. So, of course, you got to start Odell Beckham. And a low-end wide receiver three play might be Jarvis Landry. He's only got 10 catches in three weeks, and he hasn't scored a touchdown. That's not phenomenal, uh, but he's still Jarvis Landry. He is still a good wide receiver, and that offense is working some kinks out. And it's in a match up against the Ravens who for some reason I'm surprised to say this like I said a minute ago giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers bit of a risky start but if you're looking for a risky start that might be one uh, David Njoku is out as many people know his backup Ricky Seals Jones don't play him he had just one catch for 14 yards last week uh, both the Browns defense and kicker Austin Siebert, I think that you should sit both of them. Again, this is a pretty simple matchup. Uh, slightly struggling Browns offense. They, they really struggled week one, but they've been picking things back up. So as a Browns fan, don't panic. Um, but again, this is a tough matchup against the Ravens. So I trust Odell Beckham. I trust Nick Chubb. The rest of that offense, I've got a little bit of concerns about, and that basically depends on your situation. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to have a huge day. You know what? This is a whole with Mark Ingram and Chubb. I think this is going to be a real ground game and defensive sort of matchup. But that is my analysis for this game. As always, leave a comment if you guys have any more questions. And I'm going to pass it back to Rob. Let's look at the Raiders versus the Colts. Start with uh, Derek Carr there versus the Colts. Colts give up the eighth most points to quarterbacks at the point now they played fine versus uh, the titans of marcus mariota but they actually got torched by matt ryan and philip rivers and the colts are also banged up on defense so that's another concern there now Derek has been what i would call low-end moderate plays averaging 14.5 points per game that leaves him 25th among quarterbacks there um it's kind of a nice streaming matchup for Carr this week but his sin is low in that offense talent level and his weapons things like that uh you can start him if you need be but i think you're gonna have much better options out there so i would probably sit Derek carr Let's look at Josh Jacobs running back. So versus the Colts, they all had six most points to running backs. Now weeks two and three, they couldn't stick to the run there. Now this game, I think they're able to lean on the run, or rely on the run longer. I think they can rely more heavily on Jacobs. Uh, he's a guy who's played really well this year, 5.1 yards per carry. He's got two touchdowns. And the team actually came out this week and said they're going to use him increasingly more in that passing game. So I like Josh Jacobs as a very solid running back too this week. Let's look at Tyrell Williams. So he's got three TDs in three weeks. Now, his yards were lower last week, but against a very good Vikings defense, Xavier Rhodes, who's a very good corner there. But he's really Carr's number one wide receiver. And once Antonio, Bra you know, Antonio Brown left that team, he became the clear number one guy there. Now versus the Colts. Now, if you look at number one receivers versus the Colts, right? Number one receivers have excelled versus the Colts. 
They've had some really big games. In fact, they've allowed number one wide receivers to score 22.3 fantasy points per game. So for this week, Williams, Tyrell Williams, is a huge play as a wide receiver, too. you got to start him in this matchup. Then you have Darren Waller. Uh, man, this kid has been good. Uh, he's been really, really good at this point. For you guys that got him out there, you got to feel great about your pick. Uh, currently, he's third among tight ends of fantasy scoring. He's first in receptions, third in yards. He's a must-start until something changes. Go ahead and start that guy. Now he's playing the Colts, who got the fifth most points at tight ends. You're going to love that matchup. I would sit Carlson, and I would sit the Raiders' defense. As far as the Colts go, the Jacoby Brissett, the Raiders allow the 10th most points to quarterbacks. He's having a very good year. His touchdown interception ratio is 7-1 to there. His quarterback rate is 112. He's scoring 20 fantasy points per game. He's played really well. Now the concern I have in the matchup here is that T.Y. Hilton, his number one weapon, Great wide receiver is questionable. And if he misses time, that greatly downgrades Jacoby's value in this one. But if you need to stream a quarterback, uh, he's got a great matchup this week. As far as running backs go, we got Marlon Mack. Uh, he was questionable, but he played, and he's played really well this year. He's averaging 18.5 fantasy points per game versus the Raiders, allowing the 11th most points to backs. He's really continued from last year's success. In fact, he's looking even better this year. When healthy, he's developing a very solid running back one. Uh, he's a top 12 running back right now, especially with so many question marks at the position. Look at guys like James Conner who are struggling. You need to start him if he plays, and looks like he's going to play, obviously, as a running back one. As far as wide receivers go, you got T.Y. Hilton, who's battling, you know, he's battling an injury at this point. But he scored four touchdowns in four weeks, so how can you ignore this guy? So he's got that quad issue, you know, quad issue. He's injured there, not sure if he's going to play this week. He came out and said, if I can play, I'll play. Doesn't really tell us a whole lot there, although he did come out on Tuesday and said he felt quite a bit better on Tuesday, so that's uh, trending in the right direction. Versus the Raiders allowing the eighth most points to wide receivers, he's simply too good to sit, but because of the concerns with the injury, the quad there, um, I would start as a low-end wide receiver too. Uh, as far as the other wide receivers there, even if he sits, none of the wide receivers have really kind of um, stood out in the pack. I think the targets are too spread out there. I won't play any other guys if Hilton doesn't play. As far as tight ends go, you got Doyle and Ebron. If Hilton misses times, both of those tight ends I'm going to see increased targets. But it's really hard to know who you could trust. So far this season, they both have seven catches for 80-plus yards. Um, sitting both tight ends is preferred, but if you had to go with one this week, my money's on Doyle, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you go back to 2017 when Brissett was quarterback there, he had a huge year with 80 targets. Also, Doyle has increased his targets each week there. Uh, Adam Vinatieri recovered, had a good week last week after missing a bunch of kicks first couple weeks, but I want to see one more week before I trust him again. And even last week, one of the kicks that he made hit an upright before it went through. I'd probably sit Adam Vinatieri if he can do that, and I would sit the Colts defense in this one. All right, Rob, thanks for that analysis. Now I will take on, I got the Chargers and the Dolphins. And you know what, guys? I'm going to save us a lot of time in this video. I'm just straight up. Josh Rosen at quarterback, you're going to sit him. Kellen Balaj, Kenyon Drake, you trust them? No, I think you have to sit them this week. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, uh, I'd sit all those guys. I'd sit Jason Sanders. I'd sit the Dolphins defense. Um, if you guys got questions about those guys, because we've talked in the past about Preston Williams being a dynasty guy to watch. If you got questions about that situation, feel free to ask. But at this point, I think you have to avoid all of them. They have scored just, what, 16 points in three weeks. They've absolutely been dominated. I feel bad for you Dolphins fans. Uh, all I can say is trust the process. I don't know if you should trust the process, but I guess you don't have a better choice. So we'll move on now to the Chargers. And we got Phillip Rivers. Uh, Miami gives up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Plus, Phillip Rivers is averaging over 300 yards a game and 20 fantasy points per game. He is a must start in a great matchup. Austin Eckler is third among running backs for fantasy scoring. Miami gives up the most fantasy points to running backs. That is also an obvious start you have to make. Also, Keenan Allen. Do you know Keenan Allen has more fantasy points than any other wide receiver right now? And he does it by 18 fantasy points. So he is far and away the number one guy. He is a guy you got to start. Now, Mike Williams, this guy is a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. He's been far from amazing, and he's had a slow start. But this is a guy who had, what, 10 touchdowns last year. Mike Williams, a former first-round pick, I believe seventh overall. I think you should play this guy as a low-end play. Don't have huge expectations for him, but it is a good matchup. We got Virgil Green coming in for Hunter Henry at tight end. Sit him. I wouldn't go there. Uh, Badgley was downgraded. The kicker Badgley was downgraded to doubtful this week. I don't think he's going to play, so you should sit him. His replacement, Nick Rose, sit him as well. And the Chargers defense, you got to start them. It's a great matchup for them against Miami, who gives it the most fancy points to defenses. I think they could have a field day. So... 
as short as that is, as quick as that is, I think this is probably the most straightforward matchup that we have this week. Dolphins versus Chargers. I'm leaning heavy Chargers on this one, although who isn't? Again, my apologies to Dolphins fan. It is a rough year for you guys. But let's move on. We'll get to more analysis from Rob. Take a look at the Redskins versus the Giants. I start with Daniel Jones. Man, he had a great week one, and I think he set up for a big week two. Versus the Redskins allowing the six most points to quarterbacks. You need to start this guy. Um, now, the one thing I would say is I'm excited. He did a great job, although I've seen some experts calling him a top 10 quarterback. Let's put the brakes on that a little bit there. He had a great week one, but it's still only one week there. But I think he's poised to have some big games, especially with Saquon Barkley out for a while. They'll have to throw the ball. But he's definitely a guy that you can play for certain. Uh, Wayne Gallman Jr. should be taking over that role at running back. Now, the skins are better against the run than they are against the pass. Now, he should be the clear lead runner. I expect him to get 10 to 15 carries. He'll be targeted often in the passing game. Uh, with that said, he's not Saquon Barkley. Obviously, we know that. So don't expect him to put those type of numbers out or even get that sort of usage in that offense there. I think we need to see exactly what usage he's going to have and how many targets and snaps he's going to see before we make any assumptions there. I think he's safer to play in PPR league scoring. He has good hands. He's shown that in the past there. So I would say he's a low-end running back to or flex play in PPRs. Uh, in standards, he goes down to a running back three. It's safer to sit him in standard leagues until we can see exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to perform there. As far as wide receivers go, Sterling Shepard, we told him in the preseason. We've talked about him many times. This guy, when he's been in the number one role, he's at times been very successful. Last week, he went out and had a big first week. He is the team's number one wide receiver, and the Skins allow the most points to wide receivers. He's a must-start wide receiver, too, in this matchup here. Now, with no clear number two wide receiver on that team, I can't really advise any other guys to play there besides Shepard as far as wide receivers go, but definitely Sterling Shepard is a guy that you need to play in this matchup. Evan Ingram, the high-bred tight end, he's killing it, having a great year there. He's first in tight end scoring, second in catches, third in yards. Start him every week. It doesn't matter who they play. You need to start Evan Ingram. As far as kicker goes, Roses. Uh, Roses is a, what I call a sleeper kicker play this week. I think he could have a good week there, but I think it's best to sit him for now. Don't want to rely on a guy like him just yet. I would say the Giants defense. The Giants defense is bad in this one. Let's look at Washington in case Keenum. Um, question, how long before Haskins gets the opportunity to be the starter there? I think it's only a, a, a game or two away, right? In the meantime, versus the Giants, um, Case is playing the Giants, allowing the fourth most points to quarterbacks. Now, Case was bad last week against the Bears. He looked terrible, but then most quarterbacks are, right? So I'm not going to hold too much against him on that one. And this year, he's actually had some fancy value. Case Keenum has. He's got seven touchdowns in three weeks and twice over 300 yards passing. This is a great matchup for him, yet he's still not a top-tier quarterback, but this week he's a nice streaming option. As far as running backs go, uh, Adrian Peterson, 2.8 yard, yards per carry. Hasn't played real well there, but... If you look at the Giants, they've allowed some decent games against what I would call some below-average running backs. you got Frank Gore, who's a great running back, but very old. Um, they've allowed Barber, Jones, some others to have successful games against them. This is the game that I expect Adrian Peterson to have value. Expect him to have something like 80 yards and a touchdown, start in standard leagues, but sit him in PPR leagues. Chris Thompson, uh, I would sit him in standard leagues, but in PPR leagues, he's a solid play. Uh, he's been averaging 5.3 catches per game, 6.7 targets and 65 receiving yards per game there. So I would start him as a flex and RB2 um, in leagues that are 14 teams or larger in size. As far as wide receivers go, Terry McLaurin, uh, this guy's been great. We talked about him a lot. Uh, we talked about him in one video we did called Top 10 Rookie Performance this year. We talked about the last couple weeks in our waiver wire video. And he's done something that no other player in the NFL has done to this point, which has started his first three games of his career, catching five passes and scoring a touchdown. He's also averaged 86 receiving yards per game. This guy's phenomenal. Now he's playing the Giants, Allowing the second most points to wide receivers. This guy is seriously talented. Um, you got to play him this week. I actually have him as a wide receiver too. Paul Richardson. Now, Paul Richardson, normally I would say sit this guy. Um, I'm not very impressed with him. Now, he, did, he does have a touchdown in back-to-back -back weeks. Last week, he had eight catches for 83 yards. Uh, I think in this matchup, he's actually worth playing as a wide receiver three there. As far as tight ends go, I would sit Davis. I would sit Reed. It doesn't really matter who it is at this point. Um, as far as Hopkins go, I think he's a solid play. Not a good play, but decent if you need a kicker there. And I would sit the Skins defense. Now on to the Panthers versus the Texans. Start with Kyle Allen, a quarterback there. I think he shocks. Everybody goes out, has 261 passing yards and four TDs. Now versus the Texans, allowing the fourth most points to quarterbacks there. Um, last year, I actually had a nice start versus the Saints, so maybe we should be all that surprised he did that well. Now, um, he could have a huge week there. Look good in two starts. Maybe this guy's going to be the future uh, great quarterback there. Maybe he's going to unseat Cam Newton. I have no idea, but he does carry risk. 
because at this point, um, I'd rather err on the side of caution. We've only seen really one start from him this year to know really what to expect of this guy. Look good, happy for the young man, but I'd prefer to see one more game before I trust him. I suggest you do the same thing. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, that's a no-brainer. You start him every week. Doesn't matter who he plays. Christian McCaffrey is a stud. Let's move on to wide receivers, DJ Moore. Um, so after two solid first weeks, okay, uh, he goes out last week. Now, he did have a 52-yard touchdown, but he only had one catch on two targets. A little concerning there. Yet he's still the team's number one wide receiver versus the Texans, allowing the six most points to wide receivers. So I would start more as a wide receiver three. You have Curtis Samuel. Um, Samuel hasn't been the breakout star that everybody thought he would be at this point. He's played well. He's had five catches in back-to-back -back weeks. And he had a touchdown. Um, but for me, he's a bubble wide receiver three or four, uh, depending upon your league size and scoring. But I, I lean towards sitting him this week. Greg Olson, uh, as long as he's healthy, I think he's a guy that's a must-start. looks like he's returned to his pre-injury form at this point. Now he's playing. The Texans are stingy against tight ends. Now in the seventh fewest points to tight ends, but uh, they haven't faced many top tight ends at this point. So that number's a little deceiving there. They'll get their first real test against Greg Olson, but you got to play him. Um, last two weeks, he had six catches, 110 yards. Then he had six catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. Looks like he's legitimately back to that um, what we call all-pro form that we had before the injury. Then Joey Sly, kicker for the Panthers there. He's actually leading the NFL in scoring right now for kickers. Uh, you need to start this guy. Panthers defense uh, had eight sacks last week. Now they're playing one of the worst offensive lines in terms of allowing sacks. Um, they've allowed 12 sacks in three games. I think they're worth a low-end play in this one. As far as quarterbacks go, Deshaun Watson versus the Panthers allowing the six fewest points to quarterbacks. Uh, doesn't matter. You know, currently right now Deshaun Watson is the sixth uh, quarterback scoring 26.8 points per game. Uh, Deshaun Watson is too good of a quarterback to sit. You got to play him. Um, start Watson. Obviously, that's kind of a no-brainer. As far as running backs go, you got Carlos Hyde. So after having two strong games of turret efficiency and yards per carry, um, he struggled last week. It took a late touchdown to really salvage his day. Um, and he's only averaging 8.8 .8 points per game. And so even when he's running the ball well, he doesn't have any PPR value. He sometimes does have what I call standard value, but not a lot of standard value at this point. There's even been rumors or conversation that they're looking to bring in C.J. Anderson, I think, to probably uh, um, add some depth to that position there. And so at this point, I think I'd probably sit Carlos Hyde this week. And we have Duke Johnson. So um, after solid week one, last two weeks, he's been disappointing. The last two weeks, he's only averaging 3.75 points per game. So at this point, sit Duke Johnson. As far as wide receivers go, I get to Andre Hopkins. Um, doesn't matter. Um, every week you're going to play this guy. He's so good. Regardless, he's a wide receiver one every week. Play Andre Hopkins. You got Fuller and Stills. Um, their numbers and their roles seem to be similar at this point. I mean, they downgrade each other. And that puts them, in my estimation, a category of what I would call wide receiver four at this point. Until one begins to separate themselves from the other um, in terms of production, I don't think you can trust either one. In this game, I would sit both theirs. As far as tight ends go, there's Aikens. Uh, we talk about Aikens as a guy you should look at. Now they're playing the Panthers, a lot of the six fuse points to tight ends. Now he did have two touchdowns last week. He does look good. I think there's potential there, but in this matchup, sit the guy. As far as the kicker goes, uh, had a huge season last year, but he's been kind of disappointing. And uh, he started slow. I think he's a fair play, but uh, if you can sit the guy, it's probably okay to do that. If you have to play him, I think he'd be all right. Texans defense, um, I've had nine sacks last two weeks. Now they face a young, unproven quarterback, Allen. Uh, I actually think they're a nice play this week. Why don't you give him a shot? All right, we got Lions versus Chiefs, and I'd like to start off talking about the Kansas City Chiefs players. First off, Pat Mahomes, you're going to start this guy. That is, let's not even waste any time. But one of the reasons it's good that we can save time on Pat Mahomes is because we've got to talk quite a bit about this very messy situation in the backfield of Kansas City. And so one of the things I'm going to let you guys know, there's a lot of injury concerns going on there right now. And you're going to have to wait to hear more about it till Friday. So we're going to give you a lot of updates and catch you up on LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, and that entire backfield. Um, but I'm going to tell you what I know right now, which unfortunately is not a lot. LaShawn McCoy is marked as questionable, uh, but this is still a good matchup. And I think that you should still, at least what we're seeing right now, what it looks like, you should still start McCoy. The Lions give up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. And McCoy had eight carries for 54 yards and a touchdown in a week three win over the Ravens. He also had three catches for 26 yards. And I believe he had an extra touchdown in the passing game. He had like 20 plus fantasy points. He looked great despite being questionable for this matchup, despite being banged up. I think a few days from now, as they're heading into this Lions game, LaShawn McCoy is going to be healthy. He's going to be fine. I think you should start him. Damian Williams is questionable. I think it's clear to everyone that he has lost his job to LaShawn McCoy. Um, I would avoid playing him if you can. 
But again, I'm going to give you some more injury updates on him going forward. Somebody was asking about Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams. Um, there's not a lot to say about these guys. If LaShawn McCoy is playing, then none of them are the starter and they're splitting carries. If Damian Williams is also playing, then they're really, really falling down the charts. Darrell Williams, uh, at least last week, looked better than Darwin Thompson. So that is something to note as we consider these guys. But again, I don't think that that's something to obsess over. I think that's LaShawn McCoy's offense. Again, I'm going to save a lot of that for the Friday update. Uh, Tyreek Hill update. Tyreek Hill is still out, but according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, um, uh, he has come out and said that he doesn't look like a guy who's going to be out much longer. It also sounds like um, he was out shooting hoops, playing basketball, messing around and stuff um, at Chiefs practice. And so this is a guy who I don't think that he's going to play this week, um, but I think he could play week five, week six, or week seven. I don't think that he's going to be out until week 10, and so that's very good news. Um, he is still out, however, so you got to start Sammy Watkins. Um, Hardman and Robinson, this is an interesting situation. Both these guys have touchdowns in back-to-back -back games since Hill has been out. In fact, they have combined in just two weeks for five touchdowns. The targets, the catches, and the yards have all been slightly low for this guy, for both these guys, but you have to consider them as wide receiver two or three plays. Obviously, you're going to start Kelsey. He's probably the number one tight end in the league. You're going to start Harrison Butker in this super high-powered offense. And the Chiefs' defense, I like them. In a match where they're going to score a lot of points against the Lions, I could see uh, that Lions team getting one-dimensional and having a lot of turnovers. So let's continue that trend of talking about the Lions and get to Matthew Stafford. This is a guy who you could play. I think you could play him this week. Uh, he's got to score a lot of points if they're going to have any shot at beating the Chiefs. Uh, he's finished 11th in fantasy points this season so far among quarterbacks. And the Chiefs give up the 14th most fantasy points to QB. So a low-end start is Matthew Stafford. Kerryon Johnson is a guy you have to consider starting. He has all the talent in the world. He shows so much promise. But he's a guy who you also want to look at and hope. And maybe you've got some depth. Maybe you've got a better option this week. But considering injuries have been happening and bye weeks are starting, I really doubt it. And I think the majority of you guys are going to end up playing Kerryon Johnson, whether or not you want to. Casey does give up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, but Johnson's been kind of a dud this year. 20 carries for 36 yards and one touchdown. He also had one catch for seven yards. Um, that's really been his year this year, and that's just simply not good enough. And I feel bad for Kerryon Johnson owners who are taking this guy in the second round. So move on now to Kenny Galladay. It's a great matchup. We talked about this guy's 27 targets, 14 catches, two touchdowns. You got to play Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver two this week. And you know who another wide receiver two or three is this week is Marvin Jones. 15 catches, 200 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's a wide receiver two or three in a flex play this week in a good shootout matchup. So you should probably play Marvin Jones. Um, now we come to the tight end, TJ Hawkinson. He comes out week one as nine targets, six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. He looked phenomenal, and then yet since then, weeks two and three, he's combined for just seven targets, just two catches, and eight yards. Um, I'm going to say even though this is a shootout matchup, I don't know if you can trust this guy eight yards in the last two weeks. I think you got to look for a better option. Leave a comment down below if you're confused as to what to do with that situation. Uh, you should sit the Lions defense and their kicker, Matt Prater. Um, so if you guys don't have any more questions, I've got nothing more to say. Let's pass it back to Rob for him to do his next game. But that was the Lions versus the Chiefs. And, you know, I'm rooting for the Chiefs in this one as a Vikings fan. But I think that the Lions could put up some good fantasy points this week, or at least some of their players in that passing game, is they're going to need to score a lot of points to keep up. Let's look at the Cardinals versus Seahawks. Start with Russell Wilson. The guy, I mean, he's a stud. He's averaging 32 points per game. The guy's on fire. Playing the Cardinals along the second most points to quarterbacks. This is a great matchup for Russell Wilson. In fact, if you're in daily fantasy, you may want to pay that extra money and play this guy. I was looking at running back Sarah Carson. Uh, Chris Carson, um, it's hard to talk about. Some people are saying he's fumbled three times in two weeks. If you look at the official stat line, it looks like they might have changed one of those rulings on the fumbles. It says two. Either way, it's concerning at this point that he's fumbling the ball. They're not going to give up on him yet. He's very, uh, he's very runs very hard, very physical. He's played very well. Uh, coach came out and said, we're not going to give up on this guy. He didn't fumble a lot in college, so I think this might just be something he'll work his way through there. He's averaging 15 carries per game. Now, Penny missed last night due to an injury. And uh, if he misses again, he's less than 100%. I would say Chris Carson is a very solid running back, too. Penny ends up playing. That does change things a little bit because the week that Penny played, the week before, um, he actually outplayed Chris Carson. You add in the fact that the fumble concerns are there. I think that uh, this could become that ugly running back by committee. We certainly don't want that. Um, 
if Penny plays Carson, it becomes a low-end running back start at this point. I would sit Penny regardless until we see exactly how healthy he is, exactly how many touches he's going to get there. Kyler Lockett, um, looking like a legitimate wide receiver one. Now, that might surprise some of you, but we talked about the metrics that he had going back to last year. Not one drop. Quarterback range when throwing the ball to him were in just oh, out of this world. So it's not surprising that this guy's doing so well. He's had 26 targets the last two weeks. Now they're playing a team without Patrick Peterson. Uh, he's a low-end wide receiver one starter or high-end wide receiver two. got to play him. Then there's Metcalf. Uh, number two guy in their offense, or obviously the clear number two wide receiver in that offense. Still got some maturing to do there um, before he can become what I call a great wide receiver. But in this matchup, I think he's still a good start as a wide receiver three in this matchup. As far as tight end goes, you got Will Disley. Uh, the cards allow the most points to tight ends. You got to play him. He's been solid. He's a rising star. Play Will Disley. As far as Myers goes, he's been quiet. Only one field goal attempted. Uh, that's going to pick up, but in the meantime, we need to sit him. Then you play the uh, Seattle defense. The Cardinals are allowing the ninth most points to defenses. No, um, quite the last two weeks Seattle has been, but they should rebound back to their week one performance um, when they dominate that Cincinnati team there. I'm expecting maybe uh, eight to 10 points from their defense in this one. As far as quarterbacks go, I'll talk about uh, for the Cards, Kyler Murray. Now, after dominating for two weeks, came back down to earth there, showed some growing pains. That's going to happen. He's still a rookie there. Um, and it could be a couple things. We all have bad weeks, right? Every quarterback does, no matter how talented they are, they're going to have an off week. Or it could be teams are starting to get some film from him, study a little bit, kind of know what his tendencies are there. Uh, it's really hard to know exactly what's happening. Now, he was sacked eight times. Now he's playing a Seattle front seven that should, uh, in theory, be able to bring some pressure on him there uh, and make life tough for him. Now, last week, he began to use his legs a little bit and run, kind of gave us a glimpse of his athleticism and what he can do there. Starting to McCarry's risk at this point. Obviously, the guy is a young, very talented guy. Um, he's going to be a high-risk, high-reward play. I would err on the side of caution. I would look elsewhere if you can do that. David Johnson, playing Seattle along the 10th most points to running backs. Uh, he's really struggling the ball again this year, 3.7 yards per carry. Um, but his 13 catches and two receiving touchdowns in three weeks really offsets the concerns we have there. He's a running back two-start weekly at this point. Great volume play. And I think things will open up for him later in the year in terms of running the ball simply as a uh, Defenses start to really respect Murray back there uh, as quarterback. As far as wide receivers go, got Larry Fitzgerald. Um, with a quality quarterback there, the future Hall of Famer has really resurrected his fantasy relevance. I would start him as a wide receiver too, um, versus the team getting him the 15th most points to wide receivers. And you got Christian Kirk, 32 targets and 20 catches in three games. Uh, his production has been lower than Larry's. He's had more catches, more targets, not as many yards. So I would start him as a wide receiver two in PPRs. Um, in a wide receiver three in standards, 12 teams are larger in size. I would sit the tight ends there. As far as kickers goes in, Gonzalez has actually been good. He's averaging 10 points per game. He can be started, but he's not as good as the top-ranked kickers in that Seattle defense and with a rookie quarterback. Uh, once again, I think I'd be uh, air on the side of sitting him, and I would sit the Cardinals defense. All right, guys, we got the Rams versus the Bucks, and let's start off with the red-hot Rams right now. They're looking great, especially that defense. We're going to talk more about that later, but Jared Goff is the first guy we got to talk about. This is probably the best matchup he's had all year, and he is a must-start against Tampa Bay, who has allowed 66 fantasy points to quarterbacks in just three weeks this season. That is really a beautiful matchup for him. Of course, you got to play Todd Gurley. He struggled a little bit last week. But when you look at the game scripts, they got up early and they simply didn't use Todd Gurley that much. When you're winning and you've got a stud, absolute monster of a running back, you just don't play him. When you're up by a lot, you're just not concerned. Uh, Tampa Bay has given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs this week, which is also a concern. But it's still Todd Gurley. And the reason that the Tampa Bay has been able to do that is last week Wayne Gallman was running in place of Saquon Barkley who didn't play and so that was a pretty easy matchup against the Giants as far as that goes and you know what Tampa Bay teams are throwing on them so effectively I think that number is skewed and I don't think that number comes from a good run defense so much as it comes from a bad pass defense and teams just saying hey you know what we're going to capitalize on that so I think this is a good week you got to start Todd Gurley you don't have a better option than Todod Gurley a uh, Cooper Cup Oh, man, back-to-back -back games with 100-plus yards. He had two touchdowns last week. Um, start this guy. I, I'm really happy. You know what? I love to rub it in people's faces. I don't actually love to do that. But tell you what, the beginning of the season, people had concerns. I didn't have any. In fact, I was in a keeper league. I took him third overall in a keeper league. And you know what? That was a solid pick to take. I'm excited about that. But... Uh, Robert Woods moving on to these other wide receivers. He's averaging just five targets a game over the last two weeks since Cup took off. He loses a lot of value and is nothing more than a low-end wide receiver three. 
Brandon Cooks, on the other hand, well, so what we're seeing is we've got these possession wide receivers. When Cooper Cup is unable to do that, Robert Woods has insane value. But when Cooper Cup is playing well, Robert Woods drops to the number three wideout. So he loses a lot of value, and I don't like Robert Woods right now. Now, Brandon Cooks is completely different than both of those wide receivers. He's the deep ball threat. He's the defensive stretcher. He's just getting those safeties deep. He has 16 targets, 11 catches, 186 yards, and a touchdown over the last two weeks since Cooper Cup took off. His value is maintained despite Cooper Cup's insane production. He is a low wide receiver two, high wide receiver three play this week. Or you know what? Honestly, probably a mid-level wide receiver two. Um, but we'll move on now to the tight end. Tyler Higby, you got to sit this guy. You know what? In this high, just high-flying offense, you got to start Greg Zerline and start the Rams defense. They've got eight sacks and five turnovers, and Tampa Bay gives up the second-most fantasy points to defenses. Uh, but that is the Rams. I like this matchup for them. On the other side of matchup, I don't love quite as much, but I think that they could put up some fantasy points. Uh, we got Jameis Winston. I'm going to sit him. The Rams have given up the third-fewest fantasy points two quarterbacks and he has struggled against good defenses not just this year but last year he just has struggled Ronald Jones Jr. and Peyton Barber. This is a situation that I didn't want to talk about, but so many of teams out there are desperate for running backs and don't have better options. And here's here's what I'll say. In a tough matchup against a good Rams defense that has surprised some people this year, I don't like either of those running backs. However, of the two, I like Ronald Jones Jr. more. And if you have Peyton Barber, I'm going to be looking for another option this week, guys. Mike Evans, um, you know what? I want to stop a second and say uh, thank you to one of our followers, one of our fans, uh, Peter Bradley. He watched our trade targets video and he listened to our advice when I believe Rob talked about Mike Evans as a trade target that you need to go after. And so last week, Peter Bradley went out, trade for this guy, and congratulations, 15 targets, 8 catches, 109 yards, and 3 TDs combined for a hundred and or hundred uh, 54 fantasy points so that was a great day i think you i think you gotta like this guy again in a tough matchup i don't love him but then you also have to consider that the rams are going to put up their points the rams are going to score and so i think you're going to see a lot of passing so i'm not a huge Jameis winston fan especially in leagues where you lose points for interceptions but i do like mike evans and chris godwin of course <clears throat> Anyways, Chris Godwin, um, he looked good the first two weeks. He looked a little bit worse in week three, but when the other wide receiver gets 190 yards and three touchdowns, it's really not a lot to go around there. I think you should sit O.J. Howard. I think you should sit Matt Gay and the Bucks defenses. Howard has completely disappeared and struggled. Matt Gay's been missing field goals. And uh, do you really trust the Bucks defense? Because I don't, and you shouldn't. So that is my wrap-up for the Buccaneers versus Rams this game. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully it helped you out. Um, but again, congratulations, uh, Peter Bradley, on that nice trade for Mike Evans. That was a really great way to capitalize on buying low and selling high. But I'll pass it back to Rob for the next game. All right, so breaking down the Vikings versus the Bears matchup, why don't we start off with the Bears players and, of course, Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky had a great game throwing three touchdowns against the Redskins last week, but I still think I have to uh, advise you guys to sit him if you can, if you got another quarterback option, and here's why. Uh, he looked good in one game. However, the rest of the season, he has struggled. He's been making rookie mistakes, and he has not looked like a mature NFL quarterback. And again, that's a big problem. Uh, as obvious as that sounds, don't underestimate that. Furthermore, he plays the Vikings this week. That is a good Vikings defense. And when you look at how they've played this season as a whole, they have dominated. They have been so effective. They completely destroyed the Raiders. They destroyed the Falcons. And other than the first quarter, literally one quarter against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that defense dominated. Uh, this is, could be a very, very bad week for Mitchell Trubisky. Now, David Montgomery, uh, he is a probably a low running back to a flex play. Um, as a guy who is really starting to show himself, he's young, he's talented. Last week, he got used in the passing game more than ever with three catches. That's a career high for him. And you know what? I think you have to like this guy. It's a tough matchup, but you still have to play him as a RB2 or a flex play, uh, considering he's really showed himself to be that number one back in that offense. We see Tariq Cohen sit this guy. Uh, he's got eight carries for 16 yards on the year. That's two yards per carry. That is brutal. As well as he has eight fantasy points in the last two weeks. Now, people always say, but he has more in a PPR league. No, he has eight fantasy points in the last two weeks 
in PPR leagues. If you take away his catches, the numbers get even worse, or at least he did in my PPR leagues. I know I said one thing about somebody scoring recently, and this guy said, he scored differently in my league. Yes, you guys, your scoring is different than mine. And so some of these numbers are going to vary a little bit, but the principles remain the same. Tariq Cohen is not a fantasy running back you should be playing. Move on now to the Bears wideouts. Allen Robinson, um, he's averaging almost 10 targets a game, and yet he has failed to score all year. He's a PPR guy. Um, he is a touchdown guy who has struggled to get touchdowns. Excuse me. He's a guy who's really kind of been held out of the end zone a lot. I don't know what that reason is. Um, I think you still have to play him. As, oh, to me, it's pretty obvious, despite what Taylor Gabriel did last week, it's still Allen Robinson's offense. At least I need another week of Gabriel playing really well to, to go out there and call him the number one guy. Um, I think he's a low-end play. Gabriel, six catches, 75 yards, and three touchdowns last week. Yeah, it was a great week, but he did against a bad Redskins uh, defense. I don't know if I'm going to start him this week. If you're desperate at wide receiver, yeah, he's a guy you could pick up. You could plug him in there. But I know for a lot of leagues, he wasn't even owned. And so I think I might hold off on him one more week and just see. However, he goes out and get five catches for another 75 yards again. Yeah, maybe we start to have more confidence in this guy. I think you should sit uh, Trey Burton and Eddie Pinheiro. I think you should start the Bears defense. 11 sacks, six turnovers, and a touchdown against a quarterback in Kirk Cousins that I do not trust. Speaking of not trusting Kirk Cousins, let's flip over to the Vikings. And you know what? Against this really good Bears defense, I think you got to sit Kirk. Dalvin Cook is a must start. He has been insane. Um, I... I should have checked more thoroughly, but I believe last I checked, the number one fantasy running back this season, or at least number two, I know he's in the top two, is Dalvin Cook. Um, I know that he was just ahead of Austin Eckler. So we've got Adam Thielen. He's the guy you should start. He's got 45 fantasy points and two touchdowns in three weeks. This is the guy who, despite only throwing the ball 10 times versus Atlanta, still scored. Um, then he goes in against the Raiders, and he's a guy who had a good week. I mean, we could talk about the struggles. We could talk about the offense not being wonderful. I don't trust Kirk Cousins, um, but as the number one wide receiver, I think you should play Adam Thielen. Stefan Diggs is a guy you should consider sitting if you have the options, and here's why. He's averaging just two catches a game and 33 yards per game. He's not scoring a lot of touchdowns. Stefan Diggs is a guy where at some point he's going to break out. Stephon Diggs is a stud wide receiver, and he's going to be fine. By the end of the season, he's going to have another great line of stats. But in this week against the Bears, I don't think this is going to be the week. Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. We've talked about Kyle Rudolph being a bad tight end who is overrated. Minnesota Vikings brought in Irv Smith to be a pass-catching tight end to replace him and to do that. However, do not play Irv Smith this week. He had just three catches last week. Sure, it was for 60 yards, but I don't trust him, and this is a tough matchup. Furthermore, with the offensive line struggles in the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph is kind of just a sixth offensive lineman for them, and so I think they're going to want to keep him out there a lot. I think you should sit Bandaley and start the Vikings defense. I think they could have a good day against the Bears. But that is my wrap-up for the Vikings versus the Bears. Let me know who you guys think is going to win this game as a Vikes fan. I got my fingers crossed, hoping that the Vikings are going to pull this one out. But I am a little bit nervous with how well the Bears played last week against the Redskins. Let's look at the Jaguars versus the Broncos. Start with Joe Flacco. Uh, after week one versus Pat Mahomes, the Jags defense is back. They're playing really well again. Looks like the Jags defense we saw two years ago. So I would sit Joe Flacco in this one. Don't even bother risking it. Uh, he could get shut out in this game or look pretty ugly anyways. Let's talk about Philip Lindsay in this one. So after two moderate, week one, week two, he was kind of a moderate play, getting about 10 fantasy points per game. He explodes for a huge week three. And he can do that. He has that type of talent. But Freeman, Royce Freeman's improved play uh, has led to kind of a timeshare there. I mean, it's going to be really hard to trust him from week to week. It's also hard to sit him because he is so talented, like we saw last week there. Now he's playing the Jaguars, who give the fewest points to running backs. I would sit him in standard leagues, but his 12 catches in three weeks give him PPR value and kind of stabilize um, his value no matter who he's playing or even the fact he's in a timeshare. So I would start him as a wide receiver two in PPRs. Royce Freeman uh, is looking good this year, but it's a timeshare versus the Jags, so just sit him this week. Now let's go wider series. You take away Sammy Watkins in week one against the Jaguars. Otherwise, the Jags have smothered wide receivers. I would sit all wide receivers from the Denvers in this game. I would sit the tight ends. I would sit the kicker. Um, and I would sit, uh, and this one's tough, I would sit the Denver defense, which is hard to say. It's hard to believe that Miller and Shelb, that defense as a whole, has got zero sacks. Now that's not going to continue. Uh, they're going to pick it up again. Um, yeah, the fact they haven't got a lot of pressure, they're getting pressures, so maybe it's not equating to sacks at this point. But then you look at Gardner Minshew, who's actually played pretty well. But I think at this point, um, 
probably going to sit the Denver defense until something changes there. As far as uh, Gardner Minshew goes, he's playing the Broncos, allowing the fourth fewest points to quarterback, sit the, sit the rookie quarterback in this one. Leonard Fournette, so he's got a 4.2 yards per carry. That's a career best for him, but it took a 69-yard run late in the game to really save that game where his yards per carry would have plummeted. Now he's got 14 receptions on 20 targets through the first three games. That helps. Uh, that makes him a safer play. Kind of solidifies his value there. There, I think he's going to be a, a solid value play. And the reason why I like him as a, uh, what I call value or, or what I call volume play is because he uh, has no real competition. He's a clear lead guy there. He's going to get most of the carries. That helps. Um, so I would say that he's a low-end running back too, but temper your expectations in this one. As far as wide receivers go, you got D.D. Westbrook versus the Broncos alone. The fourth fewest points to wide receivers. Um, you combine Denver's defense and the fact that he's had some drops and some struggles, I would sit him. He's a wide receiver five this week. I would sit Chris Conley. And then there's D.J. Chark. Um, last week we said start. We were right. He had a good game. Um, and I think he needs to be started again this week as a wide receiver three. But he's going to be lined up there. He's going to see Harris. Um, I think the team is going to make it tougher on him. So I have less confidence in him this week than I did last week. Although I love this guy long term. I would set all tight ends for the Jags. I would set Lambeau. And I would start the Jags defense in this one. All right, we got the Saints versus the Cowboys. And let's start off with America's team, the Cowboys. We got Dak Prescott. Prescott's averaging over 30 fantasy points per game. That's a start, obviously. You know who else has a start? Ezekiel Elliott. Probably the best runner in the game maybe not the best running back as far as versatility goes and being able to work things in the passing game but as far as the best pure runner goes it's it's got to be Elliott or at least in the top three now Tony Pollard I wish Rob was here we decided to do this video a little bit differently um, but he talked last week about the Cowboys and said you should start Tony Pollard and he agreed with me this week when we decided to say that you shouldn't start Tony Pollard that was because it was a blowout game where you're not going to against the Dolphins where they were not going to risk hurting Elliott so this week sit Pollard that goes against our advice last week but this is a completely different matchup so you have to understand that you got to start Amari Cooper this guy is an absolute stud I love watching him play there for the Cowboys Michael Gallup is still hurt he's out he needs surgery and so Randall Cobb against New Orleans who has given up the most fancy points to wide receivers is a sneaky start this week he could be a good matchup play I kind of like him it's a little bit risky but if you want to take a risk that might be the guy Jason Witten start if you're desperate at tight end I know not everyone's got great options you should also start the Cowboys defense and their kicker Brett Maher I you know when you look at the game script last week the Saints had a couple of early defensive touchdowns and that allowed them to play things conservative and use their studs really slow down the, the game a little bit and that was something that was really solid I don't necessarily trust Teddy Bridgewater in that offense and so I think you should play the Cowboys this week and take that risk that without those early defensive touchdowns that they could very well pick apart Teddy Bridgewater although Bridgewater did look good running that high-powered offense last week and flipping to the Saints side let's continue with the Teddy Bridgewater talk as a previous Vikings guy I like him I do the mobility he looked mature he's sort of an NFL veteran now I still think you should sit him against a good Cowboys team interestingly enough Alvin Kamara first of all you're going to start Alvin Kamara you don't have a better running back than Alvin Kamara just be honest with yourself uh, don't get cute don't do something dumb it's funny he actually had his best fantasy game of the year last week and it was without Breeze of course that comes down to game script defensive touchdowns and getting up early gave him a big boost here's what's more surprising let's move on to the wide receivers and we look at Michael Thomas who was without Breeze and also had his best day of the year it was his first touchdown and it came without Breeze that's very interesting uh, but good for you Michael Thomas owners you can sit back and relax knowing that even with Bridgewater in Michael Thomas is still a stud wide receiver you got to start I think you should sit Jared Cook he's been less than phenomenal this season I don't trust him you got to start Will Lutz he has been phenomenal and you know what I'm going to sit the Saints defense I don't like them against the Cowboys this week I certainly could be wrong but without Drew Brees they're going to play things conservative and I don't think they're going to have a huge fantasy day so that is my last matchup for the week Saints versus Cowboys So last one, look at the Bengals versus the Steelers at this one. Start with Andy Dalton versus the Steelers, allowing the seventh most points to quarterbacks. They got crushed by Wilson and Brady, um, but they did cause some problems for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I know some of you may not like to hear this, but I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan at this point. So uh, I think for what it's worth, this is a, a defense that can be exposed. Now, 
They got better last week. Some of that could be the addition of uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, and that might help that secondary. So we'll see how that translates to another week there. Now, normally I would advocate uh, that you should play um, Andy Dalton in a game that could be a higher scoring game. I'd say things like, well, Ben Roethlisberger will uh, score a lot of points. You have to play catch up. But with Ben Roethlisberger not in the lineup there with uh, Mason at quarterback, that lowers the over under and it's going to decrease the need, I think, for Andy Dalton to have to throw the ball as much. I think Andy Dalton still a solid play in this one based on matchup, but not a great play. And I see both teams in this matchup trying to run the ball and really jumpstart their running game with Mixon and Connor. And so you could play Andy Dalton. It's not a bad matchup for him based on a lot of those factors. But uh, I think, once again, there's probably other better options out there. As far as running backs go, we got Joe Mixon. Playing the Steelers allowing the third most points to running backs. And he looked a lot better last week. Joe Mixon looked like he's really coming into his own there. Um, he had strong performances last year versus the Steelers. I would start him as a running back two this week, and he's going to become the running back one that many owners drafted him and expected to see. He's going to be just fine the rest of this year. Watch that. As far as wide receivers go, you got John Ross and Tyler Boyd. Uh, we said the Bills would be tougher, and they were. Now, Boyd still had a decent day, but Ross was quiet. Now, they both rebound against the Steelers. Defense allows the seventh most points to wide receivers. Now, I'm going to assume that Fitzpatrick's going to shadow Boyd. That's going to drop his value. I would say Boyd's going to be a wide receiver, too, or a low-end wide receiver, too. And then Ross, I think, is a guy that you're going to play again this week. Last week, I went to play him. We said sit him, but this week, I would say start him as a wide receiver, three. Um, I would uh, sit the tight ends. I would sit the kicker, and I would sit the defense there. And then let's get to the Steelers. Mason Rudolph. Um, boy, at times, he struggled last game. They had a couple big plays also. Now he plays the Bengals, allowing the 12th most points to quarterbacks. I think he's going to be better in this one. Last week against San Francisco, he struggled at times, but that San Francisco defense is underrated. But he's still not, he's not a top 15 quarterback play. Um, maybe he's worth a stream in a pinch if you need to be. As far as James Conner go, uh, he's disappointed a lot of owners. I get that. I own James Conner in two leagues, so I've been disappointed. I think this is the week that he begins to rebound and play better. And I think it's going to show us this week just how high his ceiling can be versus the Bengals allowing the second most points to running backs. Start James Conner in this one. As far as wide receivers go, you got Juju Smith-Schuster. Started as a wide receiver, too. Uh, he shows last week just how talented he is. He just shows how explosive he can be. But his lower targets with Mason, that quarterback there, um, moving from a wide receiver one to the wide receiver two category, we need to keep him there until some things change there. As far as uh, Deontay Johnson goes, uh, seemed like uh, he's going to be the team's number two wide receiver in that one. He showed some promise there, but he's still just a wide receiver four at this point. We need one more week to see what he's going to do. And then uh, Vance McDonald had his arm in a sling today. And then I just saw that they traded for a tight end from the Seattle Seahawks today. So that's an indication to me. At least I'm thinking that Vance McDonald's probably going to miss some time there. I would sit him. I would sit Boswell. And now we look at the Steelers defense. I actually would start them versus Cincinnati allowing the fifth most points of defenses. I think they're worth a play in this one.